1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW group. Void more prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, I'm Scott Sashnick. And I'm Evan Novi williams And this is the Sportacast.
0: You know, Evan. you know what worry I have? And I hope nobody at the NBA gets angry with me. But I, I always worry that the show in the beginning and where we are is like a letdown from the opening music. It's like the start of an NBA game where you get the fireworks and, and you get the sound and, and it's, and then all of a sudden the lights come on, there's no noise. And it's like, dun, 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 dun. dun. I always feel like the, the pre-show is more so exciting can the than the show. Of
1: the, of the sneakers. Yes,
0: yes, yes. So I'm really hoping that that is not the case with the Sportacast. So I'm trying to give a little extra energy at the start here. Because that is a concern. I always wonder, because we don't listen to it that way. When you and I record, we don't hear the music, but it's on the back production. So we do listen back to the show. I'm like, oh, I like that music. I like it. And then I want to make sure there's no immediate letdown. So are you
1: proposing music in the background at all times? No, I just
0: want us to make sure that you and I are matching the music and that there is not a significant or noticeable letdown in enthusiasm, in punch, in excitement from that
1: music to us discussing the biggest stories of the week. Well, Scott, I am excited about this podcast. (laughs) So tell the people what we're talking about.
0: Well, you know who else does excitement really well? Vince McMahon. That's who does it well. And then I'll segue that to XFL in the news this week. We don't know exactly what this means, but here's what we do know. The XFL, which was scheduled to restart in 2022, has put that start on pause while... They have, air quotes, talks with the Canadian Football League. Now, we have no specifics of what they're talking about other than, well, we're looking at ways we can grow football and do things together. So one Canadian League, one American League, both searching for new fans, both searching perhaps for a little boost in excitement and visibility. That is what Danny Garcia and The Rock are known for in Hollywood. Of course, Redbird Capital, part of the ownership group. But we'll see what they can do together. What do you make of that tie-up?
1: I think it, make, it makes sense. The AAF was in talks for a long time with the NFL. Remember, that seemed to be their exit strategy was to maybe have some kind of formal tie-up with the NFL. The NFL, it sounds like, made it made it explicitly clear they were not interested in some kind of a business arrangement there. But I understand the potential synergies between XFL and CFL The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, played in the CFL very briefly uh, back when he was a football player. Now,
0: did he he play or did he... I think he tried out. I don't think he ever made the team. I just want to make sure we get
1: this right. I don't want to get it from making the roster.
0: I don't think he played. Okay, so put, try it out. But he is half um, Canadian. He's
1: he's familiar with the league in some capacity. But I, I get it. I mean, the CFL is an established brand. It has a really extremely loyal following uh, in Canada. One thing we've seen, and the XFL did this so well in iteration number one and iteration number two, these leagues want to push the envelope in terms of rules. They don't need a, a rule set structure that is exactly... The NFL and 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 it's good because the CFL has a very different uh, setup as well with a much bigger field. The uh, the kicking rules are a bit different. Um, but yes, I think if if there's a if there's a strategic partnership or even a merger to be had there to create a much bigger league, I think that's the future. the The, the goal here is to is to build a viable long term pro alternative to the NFL. And if that doesn't happen under the NFL's wing. The best way to do that is to kind of merge with with brands and, and, and establish teams. And as we've talked about, Scott, The Rock is potentially the biggest celebrity star in North America right now. And if you're the CFL partnering with someone of that capacity who brings, you mentioned Danny Garcia, who brings the Hollywood aspect, the potential reality TV, the original content, who brings all of that to the table, I'd imagine it is potentially uh, something they'd want to explore as well.
0: Yeah, this is what we know about The Rock and Danny, that the presentation of the XFL will not be boring, will not be stayed, will not be exactly what we're used to. Now you bring in sports betting and second screen experience. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if like players on defense when they're on the sideline are texting with fans, like hosting a chat and going, this is what's going on in the game. If you're going to cut through the clutter, Of football, And we all know the NFL is the behemoth. Others have tried and really didn't make much of a dent. You had better give me something new and innovative and fun and daring, something that appeals to the kids who are not sitting on the couch on Sunday afternoon and spending three plus hours watching the New York Giants play the Philadelphia Eagles because they just don't care. They want to see the highlights. They're betting on it. They know the players from Madden video game. They know skins in Fortnite. That's what they know. So there is an audience there. There is a way to capture an audience that is digesting all of this stuff in many, many different ways. It's the question of, are you putting before their eyeballs the things that they want to see? I know you and me, I want, I want biometrics. I want microphones. I want cameras at halftime. Take me. I want a camera on the quarterback driving home from the game when it, like his ribs are really sore. I want to see all that. I just don't want to see the game and I don't think kids. And you know, once again, anyone who listens to the show, they know that I have my focus group of one, my 11 and a half year old and his buddies. He ain't sitting there on the couch watching NFL football. Just not happening. He does go out front and he wants to mimic what he sees with like Odell Beckham with one-handed catches because he saw the highlight, but he is not sitting down and watching the traditional broadcast.
1: So what are you, and I don't know if Jackson's watched it, what do you make of the fan control football league, which is trying... If 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 the criticism of the AAF and XFL 2.0 was that they were kind of too close to being NFL junior, the fan control football league feels like it's trying a lot of the things you're saying, which is a totally rethought version of, of football. Fewer players on the field. It's like a mix between arena league and a street football game. They're doing a lot of the innovative stuff. I don't know if it's going to catch on kind of long term or widespread. But they're at least trying to push the envelope in rethinking what a football league looks like at at every facet of of the levels.
0: Yeah, well, that's where having Dwayne comes in, because Mm -hmm. depending on how much he'll flex and what else he wants to bring to a network, he has the best chance of capturing capturing traditional broadcasters and, and attention, whether it's on Twitch, who knows, whatever it may be, to the place where kids are watching. Like somehow, some way, there'll be an XFL on TikTok. I don't know it'll be a new dance they're all doing. I don't know whether they're going to get uh, Travis Scott because of what he does with his McDonald's stuff. And uh, I mean, by the way, Travis Scott may come up later in the show mm, and associate with LeBron James, a little tease. I think we're almost ready to go there, but we are. Uh, I think Dwayne gives them that leg up that what he's involved in uh, certainly will get attention. Now I'm going to let you try and segue.
1: Yeah, I can't pass up that easy segue. You mentioned <laughs> Travis Scott. Next topic, uh, At Nike earlier this week signed a long-term partnership with Florida A&M University, one of the HBCUs. It's a really unique partnership. Our colleague, Daniel Libbit wrote a story this week on Sportico, kind of detailing the contract and what's in there. The thing that jumped out to me, Scott, is that you know I've read a lot of these deals before. This one seems particularly heavy on the joint promotion, the things that Nike is going to do to help promote the Florida a and brand. We've seen it already. LeBron James took the court in Florida a and colorway shoes earlier this week. He's mentioned it on his Instagram. There's a lot in this contract that really seems to be Nike aimed at growing Florida a and athletics and the university's brand more so than just handing over buckets of cash.
0: Give me some data, and I'm not really asking you to give it to me, but I'm just speaking you know, roundly here. Give me some data on how much social presence and the mentions and the media worth that, that Florida a and had gotten in like the previous month, two months, six months, 12 months, to when LeBron is wearing those colored shoes in a game against the Phoenix Suns, when he mentions it and it gets retweeted by NBA.com or to their social following. Yeah, there, there's the value of an association with LeBron James there. And as the coach said, like people said when he went there, it was like career suicide. And he's like, no, 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 no. Look at what's happening already. Kids are going to see this. People are going to read this. We're building momentum to our program, to our university. And if you're a big fan of people and public records requests to really understand what's going on behind, yeah, read Libit stuff. You know, Definitely go read Dan Libit stuff because that, this is the information you're getting. I mean, the money's great. Listen, there, there's 200,000 a year in marketing support. Uh, there's 200,000 a year to the athletic fund. There's three plus, what, $3.3 $3 million in product over the length of the deal, which is what, six years. That's all great. But getting back to the point you mentioned that is so important to the group, the younger kids that we're talking about is Nike's commitment to use what they quote top-tier assets to promote the school. And when we're talking about top-tier assets at Nike, the ones that are mentioned in the contract... Are LeBron James, of course, Travis Scott, and Naomi Osaka. And if you don't know Travis Scott, the rapper, all you need to know—ready for my focus, my focus group of one, Evan? You ready for this? (laughs) Yeah. All you need to know is that my kid is ninety-nine percent vegetarian. Not because of me and mom. Just is doesn't like the look of meat. Doesn't like just nope. Don't want it. He's ninety-nine percent vegetarian. I swear to you. One day he says, "Can we go to McDonald's?" I looked at him like, "What?" Who are you? And he said, I want to try the Travis Scott burger. It was so popular because of the association with Travis Scott. Like they were running out of ingredients at all McDonald's around the country because everybody was rushing to eat the same old burger. I don't know if they gave a little sauce, a little extra this or that, but come on, let's, let's call it like it is. It's, a, it's the same burger you're getting most of the places, only Travis Scott's name was attached to it. That's pretty darn powerful.
1: So in six years, Jackson's coming to you and saying, dad, I want to look at Florida A&M University. <laughs> I <laughs> say go for minority scholarship. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I don't, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the, what's the ice hockey team? program yeah, looks what's like. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what's the uh, ice hockey program at Florida A&M? I don't know who their biggest benefactors are, but we got to get that going. We,
1: we need a Terry Pagula to donate a rink and then we are in. You mentioned uh, one of the quotations in Daniel's story that that's from ad Courtney Gosha, who said in the and I quote this as well, in the four in the four or five days since the announcement, it has equated to millions of dollars in exposure that quite frankly, we would never have been able to afford. So there's your exposure right there, and you're right. the minute Naomi Osaka, Takes the court in a Florida A&M shirt, or Travis Scott decides to wear something in his in one of his concerts. The minute that happens, that's that's more exposure that the school can't get. Uh, one other thing I want to mention about this deal, Scott, because I do think it's interesting. The basketball teams of Florida and you better not be taking what I was going to say. <laughs> the LeBron brand—they're going to be wearing LeBron, the, the crown yes. logo that he has with Nike. Um, for folks out there who've watched UNC play basketball, Michigan—they wear the Jordan brand. Those are Nike schools, obviously. Florida and M will be the first, and I assume not the last, to be wearing the LeBron James specific brand on their jerseys.
0: Yes, that is a good point, but I will counter with this point, which I think might be just as interesting: that. Florida A&M will be, quote, Nike's flagship Mm. HBCU. And you say, so what? What does that mean? It's just terminology. It's just words. It doesn't mean anything. Oh, no, 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 no. Because if you've ever negotiated contracts, you know there's things called most favored nation status and clauses. Well, they are that. That's what they are to Nike now. Anything another school gets... FAMU will always have the, the largest product allocation of any school they sign among the HBCUs. So let's say Grambling or Howard make, makes a deal and they, oh, we're going to get $5 million for whatever reason. Florida A&M will always get more. They have that most favored nation status as the, quote, flagship HBCU of Nike. That means something.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that. You, I've seen that in coaches' contracts before. You'll see a coach who will always be the Big Ten's highest-paid coach or top three-paid coach, et cetera. I've never seen it again in a uh, in, in in an apparel contract. Scott, let's move on. Uh, we've talked a lot about the NFL and its looming media deals. The NHL also negotiating some new media deals. And some news this week. It looks like the NHL and ESPN. Have a seven-year deal in place to return NHL to uh, to, to to the mothership uh, for the first time in almost twenty years. When I heard this news, Scott, I just thought about the the NHL on ESPN theme music. I wish we could play it right here. But give us a sense. What does this mean for the NHL to be back on? Let's be frank, the biggest sports network in the U.S.
0: Uh, congratulations to a guy I used to work with at WFAN, Steve Levy. The hockey, the hockey crazy guys that John Buchegross. They they just solidified employment for the next seven years as basis Cohen, of yeah. this stuff. <laughs> like, do I get Barry Melrose back with, with the mullets? Do I get Barry? I, lo- I loved watching him. Um, I'm not surprised at all. And it won't surprise you to, to hear that this is all about the streaming options. You need program, programming for the streaming options. That is, again, where are the kids? Where's the future? That's fine. They'll put a handful of games on ABC. But... What a thousand plus games likely headed to ESPN plus. This is about building that audience. They've got and roughly,
1: Hulu possibly too. And Hulu's Hulu, also in that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, Once that, once that's integrated and that's coming this week as well, you'll add to the twelve million. Um, but it's all about the streaming service services. I mean, you've got Peacock at NBC. We can touch on that in a minute. But they're at about twelve million subs right now uh, and growing nicely. The, the future of people engaging with these sports is more and more, uh, not only sitting there watching it on, you t- on your TV as a streaming option, but on your phone, on your other device, whatever it may be, out of the house, you can still watch. I watch so many NHL games on my phone these days with the NHL TV package. It's awesome. I love it. I just I just boop, tick, click on NHL. My screen of games comes. I Hit the one I want to watch, and bam, I I get my pick of broadcasters. Which team do I want? It's it's fantastic. That's how I want it. Because, as you know, a lot of times I'm sitting in my car while my little guy's at practice. I'm on the go. I need something to do, right? I don't want to talk to the other hockey dads. That's like insane. But uh, I hope none of them are listening to me. (laughs) But the fact is, I very rarely sit on my couch and watch the game. It's just not the reality anymore. So here we go. Uh, This is a harbinger. Of things to come. Uh, Only for the NFL, they can make so much money right now still with the linears that will have a dabble, an, an increased dabble from Amazon. Not yet ready for this, but this is a sure sign of where things are headed.
1: So from the NHL perspective, Scott, a pretty nice boost in value. Just to put some perspective on that, NBC currently pays the league about $200 million a year under its current agreement. This ESPN deal is way more than that alone. And again, this is just half of the U.S. Uh, rights. Some reports out there say that this ESPN deal is seven years, $2.8 billion doing the math there. That's $400 million a year. So quite a good boost off the bat with some rights still to negotiate here for the NHL.
0: Yeah, that's a very good boost. And let's let's keep in mind... That NBC is shuttering NBCSN, which is the home for much of the hockey, moving so many things like we've seen the Premier Lacrosse League going to Peacock, their streaming service. So once again, these networks trying to figure out a way of give the kind of programming that folks want to the streaming services. And in case you're wondering, because the NHL cuts deals in North America, not just you know, U.S.-centric deals, the Canadian deals with Rogers Bell, those are not up until 2026 and it would not surprise anybody to know that in Hockey Mad Canada, those numbers are much higher more than the expensive. U.S. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right now, because of the COVID season, you have the Canadian division. I can't tell you how much I enjoy watching like, every night, whether it's Toronto, Montreal, Toronto, Calgary, Montreal, Winnipeg, whatever. I love that every night I can see Canadian teams going at it. It's great.
1: One other aspect of this that I that I do want to highlight: um, when you partner with ESPN for for your live rights, you also get an, an implicit commitment for the ESPN Enterprise, the entire umbrella, to probably talk a bit more about your game. That's something that the NHL could use. When UFC did its its kind of big overarching ESPN deal a couple of years ago, one of the things they were so excited about is just that it probably means more. UFC on Sports Center. It might even mean better placement on the website. Just, just more people talking about UFC and MMA fights because ESPN has those rights. I'm really interested to see what just the the ESPN promotional uh, behemoth does with the fact now that that again for the first time in almost 20 years they ba- they're back with with their own exclusive NHL rights.
0: Yeah, I just called up ESPN.com on my phone. Mm. I have flush left ESPN Plus followed by. NFL, NBA, soccer, uh, NCAA men's basketball, NCAA women's, MLB, edit, app, fantasy, nowhere on top. And I don't know if this is me specific. I doubt it because I go to check the NHL. If anything, if this went on you know, data, it would give it to me right up top. Uh, I don't see it. I have to hit that sort of the three bars on the left and then scroll down and find NHL. Something tells me that uh, pretty darn soon that that uh, user experience for me will be different and that I will find NHL
1: somewhere in the header. Show don't tell. Very good example there, Scott. Um, Thank you. If you were to, on your phone, click on that NFL button on the ESPN app, there's a good chance that you'd see a photo of Dak Prescott. Another big piece of news this Ooh, week, the Cowboys quarterback, a four-year, $160 million deal. The important number here, Scott, $126 million guaranteed, one of the biggest contracts uh, in NFL history. Um, and you know we now know what the salary cap is also down 8% this year to $182 million. I'm not surprised. I don't think you are either, given that the pandemic obviously dinged NFL revenue a little bit. Um, But but what do we make of this? And what do we think about kind of the health of the NFL moving forward?
0: Well, everybody was concerned about the health of Dak Prescott first and whether this would wind up costing him. Obviously, it did not. Give me the measurement if I want to put Dak Prescott up against a Super Bowl-winning quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and he recently signed a deal. If I'm looking at them side by side, what am I supposed to take away from that?
1: Uh, one, that the Chiefs are, are investing longer in <laughs> in Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's a, it's a much bigger deal, both lengthwise and total, but you know this is the NFL, and those deals are not guaranteed. And I believe Dak's signing bonus, which was the $66 million range, something like that, is the highest ever, even more than Mahomes got. So, yeah, Yeah, when
0: I measure this against like the other sports, when you see baseball players signing their big deals like Fernando Tatis Jr., it's 300 something million that guaranteed and everybody says, oh, you should have played baseball, (laughs) right? (laughs) This is one of those where you still get a pretty darn high guarantee number for Dak, but it's not like those. The the, the NFL, uh, everybody clamors for, uh, oh, they got to have guaranteed. They like they give something up. They don't have guaranteed contracts. Nothing, nothing expressly prohibits it but you have to consider the nature of the game and how long careers are. I understand why players want it, but how difficult would it be in a hard cap sport world to guarantee this type of money to players who probably won't be around for those eight to 10 years Mm -hmm. uh, at all because of injury or whatever. So just something to think about. But Dak Dak did bet on himself. He didn't sign early. Um, People were wondering whether the Cowboys are going to play hardball and that you're talking about franchise tags. Uh, Dak did it and, uh, he, he came out a winner.
1: One thing here that I, that I'm interested in, there's, and this is happening in all sports, but particularly in the NFL right now because the salary cap has gone down and, and teams sign multi-year deals for players, there's some hard decisions that teams have to make about, yep. you know, we, we committed to this guy for this amount of time, but we didn't realize that that also meant that, that, that it would come with an 8%, 8% salary decrease. And I don't know if you saw this, Scott, but I thought this was great. The GM of the Ravens was asked about salary caps yesterday, and the analogy he gave was, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but this is essentially what he said. He said, you know, imagine you have an ice cream cake in your fridge and that's all the cake you're going to get. And sometimes in the middle of the night, you go down and you eat a lot more cake than you expect to eat. And then you wake up in the morning and realize <laughs> that there's only so much cake left. Um, I thought that was a really, a, a really relatable way to describe how NFL teams, just like people who you know, make decisions in their own lives, sometimes get really excited about something. They pounce at the opportunity to do it and then realize that that has far-reaching effects moving forward.
0: Yeah, but perhaps more on point, though, at least when I eat the cake, I know that the whole available cake, I know what's left. (laughs) In the analogy of the NFL, I ate some cake and I budgeted it for the next few days. And then somebody snuck into my house and had a piece of cake. (laughs) So I went downstairs and I said, wait a minute, where's the cake that I left? I don't have as much cake as I thought I did. Anyway, if, if I was the GM, don't worry. I'm somehow making it work where Novi Williams stays on my team. Salary cap be damned, okay? You got it. I'm sure you'd rework your contract. For me. Thank you. <laughs> he is like, like Novi Williams me. on the Twitter at Novi underscore Williams. I am Scott Soshnik on Twitter at Soshnik. A nod to social media guru, Cora Veltman. Please follow the show at Sportacast. What is the hub of what will be the Sportico Podcast Network?